Hello Krishna. Welcome to Love Means Cancers in Onco.io. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So this is a cancer healing journey talk where we invite speakers who have gone through the journey of cancer, maybe as patients, caregivers or survivors who inspire others going through a similar journey. This not only helps with the treatment, but also motivates and inspires them when they listen to others' journey. So thank you again for giving out your time for this. It's an honor to have you with us. So can you please start talking about your journey and tell us how it all started? Okay. Um, my name is Krishnam and it all started back in 2017. Uh, I completed my engineering back then, but it got extended because of one or two backlog ideas. And that year I decided that uh, that's not how I want to see my future. So I started working. So I started preparing for some competitive examinations and I was able to get an interview call from Indian Army for, by clearing uh, CDS exam. Uh, and at that time, after securing that call, I decided I should get some medical uh, review done as there was some problem with my jaw. My teeth were paining back then. So when I went to the dentist, uh, he asked me to get an x-ray done. And after that x-ray, uh, my uncle who lives in Delhi, he asked me to forward that x-ray to him. I forwarded that x-ray to him. He consulted one of his friends who, who happens to be a, a very reputed dentist. Then uh, my uncle asked me to move to Delhi to uh, come and visit him. I went over there and from there he took me to Ames. And uh, over there, uh, a doctor consulted and after seeing the scans, there was a CT scan which was asked to be done. And after CT scan, uh, my uncle and doctor were talking and the doctor mentioned tumor. And that's the only word that I picked. So uh, after that, uh, my, my uncle did not explain anything to me. I was going with him to his home and he told, and I asked him, Ki, what was that? So he told that uh, it's a tumor. So I was a little shocked and I, I smiled in shock that uh, I never, I, normally I do not get a diagnosis problem like fever or things. And suddenly I got diagnosed with cancer, a tumor basically. And after that, uh, I asked my uncle, that uh, not to tell this to my father because back in 2013 my mother passed away because of breast cancer only so i knew my father will be devastated and uh, from there on my journey began uh, the thing happened in such a way that uh, after asking my uncle that do not disclose this to my father i had to undergo various procedures considering mri and uh, pet scan all these things without any support from my family, because I cannot tell them. If I would have told them, they would have been devastated and won't be able to cope with it. So I still remember, uh, it was my biopsy day and uh, my father was with me, but he was just told that it's a simple medical procedure, nothing big. And biopsy was done. It was in June, 2018. After that, uh, after that, yeah, uh, my biopsy report came in June. And it mentioned that uh, it is a uh, it is something related to can it's a tumor something related to cancer, but not exact what kind of cancer. So from there I was asked to get uh, an MRI scan done. I went through it. Uh, I was asked to get a PET scan done. I went through it, and this was all happening in Ames. They took a lot a lot of time to diagnose my problem, mainly from May to uh, July, I guess. 
that was a time frame in which my problem did not get diagnosed as uh, the doctor told me that your case is very complicated oh, I, i haven't mentioned my case it's an osteosarcoma of mandible uh, there's a, a bone cancer which happens to be in my jaw and doctors at aims they told me that uh, it's a very rare kind of case like kind of uh, like one in a million kind of case so i was the second patient of this problem in aims so on also on an international level a lot of studies have not been conducted on these cases on my final biopsy uh, report it came uh, in the last week of july and i was lucky enough that doctor gave me a surgery date in august first week so before one week before my surgery uh, i was sitting with my family i have a joint family okay then i broke the news to my family that uh, i have cancer and the good news uh, they started they got emotional they started crying and uh, i told them the good news is it hasn't spread in my body and i have a surgery date on 6th august and uh, you have to come with me on that surgery so uh, the surgery was performed in aims and uh, the surgery was a major one it took like 10 hours to complete that surgery they had to operate on my face on my leg uh, because they have to remove the part of my jaw and in order to maintain my aesthetics they have to take a bone from my leg and uh, reconstruct my jaw okay so uh, that's how my surgery done after my surgery they took the portion out and after taking that portion they conducted biopsy on it and the biopsy revealed that uh, this is not uh, the tumor is still there in the jaw uh, so doctor told me that uh, you have to undergo another surgery and it was very frightening for me because the first surgery in itself was very difficult to handle because they had to uh, operate on my face um i had they had to insert a tube in my from my nose to my stomach in order to feed me and uh, i was not able to breathe through my nose they had to cut up uh, they had to cut a section on my neck and insert some kind of pipe or thing like that so that i can breathe through my uh, uh, neck area and they had to perform all those things again so i got devastated because of this that was that was the first moment when i felt low and, uh, and they were uh, they conducted that second surgery and after that i went for chemotherapy uh, in chemotherapy i took it took uh, around 21 chemotherapy sessions in a span of 6 to 8 months and finally uh, in may and feb 2019 i was cured of cancer Uh, though my treatment uh, uh, took like 6 to 8 months to complete but the way they have uh, but the areas they have operated on like my leg my face it required uh, a considerable amount of rehabilitation so mm. it took me almost uh, another 10 to 15 months to get back in my complete shape so that mm. was the whole journey yeah so as he told it was a rare cancer type so when you got yeah. to know about it that uh, there are not many studies and not many cases that have actually happened then how exactly did you take that news and uh, did you study about it over the internet how you took it yeah actually uh, i studied about it a lot i was talking to doctors in medical terms mostly but i took it pretty well because i uh, you know the environment which i have been raised in it's it has always been positive to to take your adversities head head on so i i did not felt bad about uh, 
that i got cancer and i won't be able to survive because i was sure that i will survive and the underlying factor for this thing was because i knew that i haven't lived my life to my potential and there's a lot that i have to achieve and this is this won't be the end of it mm-hmm. and and, uh, and very, one more yeah, yeah. the the only moment when i uh, i got disheartened was uh, when doctor uh, when doctor told me that the surgery which will be performing on you will take a part of your jaw and a uh, bone from your leg and when i and i asked them that uh, the only possible future or profession i have seen myself is in defense forces and uh, doctor replying me it won't be possible for you that was the only time that i shed tears i mean it was very difficult for me because i haven't seen myself in any other profession and suddenly doctor telling me you won't be able to do it and it, it was my first ssb call in my life and i was not able to even appear for it so that was the most disheartening moment for me yeah sometimes things change because of uh things that you have in life so um, you had a very mild symptom of having pain in your teeth but were there any other symptoms that you noticed uh, which you realized later that maybe that was denoting that you had cancer yeah first uh, first of all, first symptoms were loosening of my teeth and a little bit mm-hmm. of foul smell coming from my mouth from that particular area and after that i noticed that uh, a sudden kind of bump is developing on my jaw and which i thought was uh, not natural when you think about like you have some dental problems or cavity that was the alarming point for me so okay. that's when i got triggered yeah so uh, what was the total time that uh, you had the treatment from the surgery to the chemotherapy okay it was close to october 6 months Six months, yeah. But then it took a lot of more time to. Yeah, from... yeah. The recovery was the main part because uh, I always have been a very athletic kind of person in my life, uh, doing physical fitness and all these things. So that phase was very difficult. To be honest, uh, I did not face a lot of problems during my treatment, as I was very positive. But uh, my worry, because uh, because at that time the only aim was that I have to overcome it. i have to be cured of it but i haven't thought what will i do once i get cured of it so that particular phase of my life that was the struggle to be honest yeah so uh, after the surgery and chemotherapy were there any side effects that you saw and how did you tackle those side effects uh, actually uh, there were certain side effects uh, during my uh, chemotherapy only they were administrating a um, chemo Uh, which goes by the name of carboplatin yeah. and uh, it was it was uh, it was uh, causing tinnitus in my ears uh, a little bit of what is uh, i can't explain it like someone honks behind you very mm-hmm. in a very high pitch and it kind of shakes you right yeah. so that was a continuous voice which was ringing in one of my ear so that was the side effect and uh, i uh, told this uh, basically i thought that since i got operated on my face this is something which is related to ent and for one or two cycle i haven't disclosed it to my uh, oncologist thinking that this is something which i should be disclosing to 
the ENT specialist. But then I just mentioned to my oncology that I'll be visiting ENT, and uh, actually I have something, some issue with my uh, hearing. Then he told me that uh, that can be because of carboplatin drug which we are administrating on it. So at that point, I realized that if you have even a slightest of uh, issue with your body during such kind, such a rigorous medical treatment, then you should tell this to your doctor immediately. You should not consider that this belongs to that particular department. So you should tell them only. Yeah. So, so at that time, uh, it was it was kind of. Uh, a danger for me as it was leading to it would have led to hair loss and i was developing swelling around my face which was not normal so so doctors uh, they they changed those drugs and uh, that issue of tinnitus it reduced with time significantly so it might be because there are different symptoms for different people right yeah yeah absolutely mm -hmm. So uh, it's actually a very big and shocking news for you too, and you were uh, right in the middle of your career. So uh, what kind of changes it brought to your life and how do, are you dealing with it right now? Um, actually, the biggest uh, issue was emotional, uh, uh, surviving emotionally, as every, every boy is very much connected uh, with his mother. And my mother passed away at a, when I was 19. And during the time of treatment, actually, after my mother passed away, I kind of created a wall around me so that no one would enter and understand what's going with me emotionally. During the treatment, um, I, I missed her a lot because I really used to talk to people and would tell because the thing was when I was undergoing treatment, I knew my family is emotionally very weak. If I will just say that I have, I'm having pain, they will, they won't be. I did. I could not see how will how will they react. Whether they will be understand, they'll call doctor, they'll panic. What will happen? So I had to stay very strong during my, even my uh, after my surgery. So the thing was emotional. Emotionally, people were not available in my life, or you can say that I haven't uh, allowed people to come into my life. I have a younger sister, uh, elder sister, who loves me very much, and uh, even. Uh, she got ma uh, she's married and uh, i did not let her i i want i did not tell her how i used to feel and uh, i have my aunt who who took care of me like his eldest son and she used to ask me what's going on what's going on with your life what are you thinking i really used to tell people very less what i'm feeling because of the uh, because of the fact that i did not want them to uh, be in pain or uh, worry about me so the emotional part was very difficult and uh, I really don't know how I, how I copped up with it. I mean, God gave me the strength because I, when I see back uh, in the time, I really don't understand how I was able to cope up with all that. And secondly, when you are young and you're ambitious and you're seeing your peers, your close friends, your competitors doing well in every sphere of their life and you're standing there uh, looking at your WhatsApp with no hairs, no eyebrows, no eyelashes, and seeing them enjoying their life, that kind of uh, really uh, makes you question why things are happening only to you, why everyone is living uh, a good life. Because I haven't smoked in my life, I haven't had a, I haven't ever consumed alcohol in my life. That's when you start asking questions to yourself. That's true. Yeah. But, but, but at the same time, there's one thing which most of us never realize. For example, I was unlucky. 
that I got diagnosed with cancer. But at the same time, I was lucky enough to survive it. So that was the calibration which I did. Okay, I got unlucky there, so I got I was lucky here. Uh, my father spent somewhere around seventy to eighty lakh rupees on my mother's treatment in two thousand thirteen, and uh, I got uh, my whole treatment got done in Ames. The same treatment in a private uh, hospital would have costed me uh, around seventy to eighty lakh, and my father would have to sell its assets in order to uh, bear the expenses. So I was unlucky. that uh, i got uh, diagnosed with cancer at the same time i was lucky enough to get my treatment done in aims and i haven't pressurized my father with the financial aspect of my treatment so that's how i calibrated with things and i still remember there was a there was a weakest point in my life when my chemotherapy was at its peak and i was uh, it was even difficult for me while taking bath to lift a mug of water and i was in my washroom uh, with a mug of my with a mug of water in my hand and i was not able to lift it and my fingers got jammed i, I had to use my another hand in order to open my fingers and that was that time i just promised myself ki i don't know how i don't know when but i am going to change everything i don't have the i don't know what the plan is but i'll change everything so i just told myself ki You you're gonna change it. You're gonna make out of it, and you're gonna make it big in your life. So I kept I, I kept pushing myself. You're going to do it. You are going to do it. That's how I was able to cope up with all of this. I never I never lost hope, to be honest. Yeah. Actually, what you just said, uh, points like these are the you know change everything. You can either go more low and uh, get depressed about yeah. those facts, or yeah. maybe you can just. thing that no you have to change everything and uh, be yeah. positive about it and it's it's not only about yourself you see you're surrounded by a people who are care take uh, caregivers to you your one moment of weakness and their whole world will collapse there's the fact yeah yeah no so i had to stay strong so that my father won't lose hope my uncle won't lose hope my aunt won't lose hope and my sister won't lose hope i have to i have to stay strong in that time so in order i have to push myself and i have to keep them keep them strong that's that's how i was able to survive it and more or less that's how everyone is able to survive these things you see uh, in actually in aims I, i had a lot of revelations about my life about how the world works and what is necessary in life and what is not uh, in aims uh, aim, i i used to go aims with a car and i believe i was in that point 1% privileged people who visit aims in their own car okay because people over there are from very poor background this it's a government hospital only those people go there who cannot afford uh, the expense of a private hospital so when you go aims there is an underpass which connects aims and uh, safdarjang hospital uh, one trip to that underpass and my whole perception about life changed there was people uh, when i was undergoing chemotherapy th- uh, there was a person who was sitting who was uh, getting chemo next to my bed i i had a uh, lunch uh, in which four boxes were there one of food one of chapati rice sweets these things and that guy that uh, poor chap was eating peas so that he can get the strength to go through the chemo 
these were the things which made me realize that how lucky i am that i can afford three meals a day a roof over my head and a warm blanket in winters that's all that that's the that's all which i cared for after that ki that's the minimum basic requirement of life if you don't have these only then you have the right to uh, cry about these things in india after that everything will fall into their places if you work hard enough for those things so these were the things which really made me humble in my life sometimes these experiences teach you a lot the, these are the only experiences which teaches us a lot that's how yeah. i believe it so uh, when you broke the news to your family as you said that first you didn't you didn't have the courage to tell everything to them and they had already gone through the loss of your mother so how did they take this news and uh, how did you you know manage everything they, they took it very time? badly <laughs> they took it very badly i still remember actually uh, i'm very close to my aunt i specifically mm-hmm. remember the look on her face she was trying to put up a smile and at the same time tears were shedding her eyes and i told her that i won't die believe me i won't die everything is under crowd control that it just i just have to undergo a surgery that's all and they were human cry uh, my father and uncle being being indian male were not trying to disclose that their emotions are pouring out they were mm-hmm. quiet my aunt was crying actually my sister predicted this my sister kind of inferred this because she asked me to send her a report and she mm-hmm. saw uh, she went to a doctor with that report and that doctor told her that it's serious so she kind of had an idea about these things and she was she was confident enough that i'll make out of it but my family they took it really bad and uh, after my surgery uh, when i was in aims uh, i have to undergo the surgery and when i came back to I, uh, from the icu to normal ward then i was sitting there the, there was hole cuts from this area to this and then leg complete leg there was kind of like 200 300 stitches on my body and uh, uh, i mean like uh, whole of my face and whole of my left leg it was uh, operated and in bandages so uh, when my family first saw me uh, i still remember the look of on the face of my uh, bua my aunt uh, she came in thinking that uh, i will my uh, seeing him seeing her smiling i will feel happy and she saw me and she was like uh, she saw a ghost and uh, every time they used to come they used to cry they used to show that they are strong but when they used to walk out they used to talk among themselves and cry that why it is happening to him and uh, things like that it was it was really bad for them Yeah. it's actually very shocking for the family and sometimes they're not able to take the news very uh very you know positively they're able to not able to manage those news that's true that uh, that was the only reason because i knew if i will tell them in the early stages you know i have to i want first to be confirmed that uh, i will survive that's why i even told them that i am undergoing mri pet scan because pet scan is the main which tells whether it has spread to your body or not so i wanted to be sure by myself that uh, it haven't spread when i was sure enough that yeah i am i will definitely survive then i told my family 
because of the only reason once if i have told them in the earlier stages that uh, i have cancer they would have just thought that i will meet the same fate which my mother did yeah. but during the uh, during uh, the point till my diagnosis my friends also played a very important role my there i have two best friend multiple best friends but two are the special one for me kushag and shivam and i used to discuss my issues with them that i am having i mean like i am going for ct i am going for mri and it's really troublesome things like that they, they helped me a lot i mean you understand how friends are they yeah. even if it's cancer they won't treat it like cancer they will like ha theek hai yaar it's it's all right you're going to make it so they helped me always, a lot too yeah and you get some yeah. emotional support from them yeah yeah i mean they can turn friends have this special ability to turn a very serious and grave situation into a mockery so yeah. that helped me a lot yes so uh, you uh, how was your life when uh, your mother had cancer you might i'm i'm sure you were quite young at that time but uh, is there anything that you have to share from that time when you your mother was going through the same journey um not in particular but it was just that uh, it's it's difficult when you are young actually the age of 18 19 20 these are the years when you are uh, learning the emotional aspect of life you are understanding what life really is and at that time you really need emotional support and uh, it, you know the that uh, stereotype that uh, daughters are connected with their fathers and sons are connected to their mother that stereotypes happens to be in my family so i was extremely connected to my mother she knew how to handle me so it was difficult to my whole engineering uh, i was decent in studies but after my when i got enrolled in engineering my grades downgraded and uh, then it was cancer and other aspects so she played an important role not by being here but i used to have visions of her and uh, you can say that maybe i wanted those vision or maybe it was her comforting me so you were very close to your mother yeah extremely okay so uh, many people go through or maybe take help of complementary treatments like ayurvedic or maybe herbal treatments while they get the cancer treatment as well they are maybe to handle the side effects so did you opt for any uh, ayurvedic or complementary treatments or uh, no actually uh, i was of the view that if you are undergoing a particular stream of treatment for example allopathic then you should stick to allopathic you should not switch between mm-hmm. uh, different kind of approaches because you don't know how your body is going to react there's a there's a doctor in mcclord ganj who's very famous dr yashin dordan i recall the name right people advised me to go to him but i did not went i if i had to if i used to have some problem i used to discuss it with my doctors and doctor in aims they have a very uh, practical approach towards life because they see a lot of patients with very different kind of approaches so if i used to tell them that i uh, i'm having pain in my leg they used to tell me because you got operated in your leg that's why you're having pain it will take 6 months but you will be fine Yeah. I ha- I did not opt it for any other kind of treatment. I stick to allopathic, and uh, 
till the point i uh, my doctor told me that yeah uh, as per the standard procedure this is the time duration when you should not do this kind of particular physical movement you should not do it i stick to their routine okay so you basically followed the main uh, conventional yeah yeah conventional techniques. conventional thing yeah. until uh, if my doctor would have asked me that you should uh, you should go for this then i i would have went for that also but i was completely sticking to what my doctors were saying to me mm-hmm. because they are the expert yes definitely so now that you are uh, healed from cancer and i feel i believe that uh, you might have all, already been able to handle the side effects and everything after the treatment so uh, what are the lifestyle changes that you have made in your life beat your diet beat your health anything um, actually uh, my diet was diet has been normal i mean three meals a day one snack a balanced diet but there were some significant changes which uh, i made in other aspect of my life for example uh, i i believe that that stress uh, stress plays a very important part in triggering hormones to your body that's a proven fact as well so during my uh, during the uh, year 2016 17 i was i was very stressed uh, considering my future my grades were not good so i i was stressed so that because i did not know what to do no uh, will i be placed or not will i have a career or not my friends got placed how will i do it how will i do it so i just happened to manage my stress levels at a more optimum level level now I, i i do not stress about uh, futile things in my life to be honest at this point after going through that much i do not stress about these things because there is no real uh, output uh, from getting stressed about these things so that's the only major difference which i have made in my life that uh, there is no need to take stress of things which are not important for your survival okay and uh, phys- uh, and uh, uh, sleep uh, sleeping hours sleeping hours obviously back in the hostel there was no set routine to sleep and wake up now i stick to a routine be it 11 pm to 6 pm 6 am or be 2 am to 9 pm 9 am so i stick to a particular routine so you definitely are following some healthy practices in life now yeah okay. yeah So, being a cancer survivor, uh, what would be your parting message to other people who are listening to this? Um, there would be um, there would be multiple. First of all, <laughs> be be thankful for what you have in your life. As I said, there are people out there who are getting who are undergoing the same treatment, but with very less resources than you have. Very very less resources, and. Uh, secondly uh, while undergoing a treatment yes you are undergoing a lot of physical and mental agony but at the same time your care givers are also undergoing a lot immense amount of pressure so if you will overreact that's going to affect them drastically because if you were given option to, if you would have given my option to my father back then that uh, uh, if 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 you can you have to undergo a certain amount of pain and your father will uh, and your son will be relieved of his cancer you would have taken it so your caregivers are uh, loving you to that point so you have to really understand that 
your action are going to affect them so you should not you should control your reactions be it after surgery or uh, be it after chemo and uh, thirdly uh, forgot the third one that's okay both the messages uh, that you gave actually yeah. are going to help others a lot in uh, handling yeah, uh, this yeah. Uh, yeah yeah one more thing and uh, if you're in a situation then always think uh, like there is a there is someone who is undergoing a situation worse than yours uh, i came to know about uh, i was like i got cancer uh, i won't be able to join defense forces i got operated in my face my aesthetic of my face the symmetry of my face got affected a little but at the same time there was someone in this world who has undergone cancer had to cut his limb in the uh, when he first got diagnosed then he got diagnosed second time and had to uh, uh, had to amputate his another leg so you're still lucky than that that you, you have your whole body intact so be lucky be happy for yeah. what you have in your life that is actually a very positive message that you've given and uh, i think i'll thank you again because uh, you have given us a lot of things to look upon and uh, look at life in a different way so thank you so much for giving out your time for this and joining me for the session yeah and one more thing to the uh, to the people who are getting work who, who have cancer and are of young age that uh, Uh, I lost my mother when I was nineteen. Okay, I completed my engineering in five years. I had a I had a interview call to make my dream of joining defense uh, joining defense forces come true, but I lost my chance for my entire life. After that, I did not have a career plan. I was undergoing emotional uh, turmoil. If I can make it, so can you. Because believe me, my my situation was. So kind of unique in certain aspect so if i can make out of it so can other people as well that's the thing which i want to tell them it actually makes a lot of sense and thank you for saying that so uh, thank you again for joining for the session and uh, uh, thank you for inviting me as well um, I, I, i i really appreciated your call because i really wanted to share these things but i i was not aware the plat- uh, which at uh, how to connect and which platform to use and i was lucky enough to fill your form back in 2018 and receive a yeah. call now okay so we're glad to actually have you here and you helped actually this is going to benefit a lot of people and inspire them in looking at it at a different way so thank you again welcome